The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome aboard the National Football Show with your boy Big Sills. Hey, man, I, 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 this could be a three-topic show today for the next couple hours. Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham, Carson Wentz, who plays tonight, and whether or not tonight's game for the Colts is going to really determine what Chris Ballard, the general manager, does moving forward with Carson Wentz. Remember something, folks. Carson's in the first year of that new deal that he signed a few years ago with Philadelphia. If you decide to try to save the draft choice and not play him the rest of the way out so it doesn't turn into a number one, aren't you telling him he's really not the guy? They entered this game tonight versus the Jets three and five. I think this is a big, significant game. So we're going to hit on that. As I said, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham, I believe that the Cleveland Browns are in the process of trying to work through negotiations because there's a lot of money that's owed to Odell Beckham. I think it's like $8 million bucks. And this is why I think Cleveland is sitting here negotiating with Odell Beckham's people is because they may need that money and some of that money next year to go after a significant free agent quarterback. Okay, so if you pay him that entire nut as he leaves and as you release him, then get this. Some of that money next year that you would have maybe needed to get a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers to try to quarterback your football team or maybe even a Deshaun Watson. That's why this is kind of a tricky spot for Cleveland when you try to dump a guy that, quite frankly, it just never panned out. That contract that the New York Giants gave him was the death nail to his career, really. Because the Giants realized it immediately when they signed that $97 million deal with Odell Beckham that he was never going to be the valued player, and they had to move off of him right away. Especially when Eli Manning was calling it a career, and they were going to have to develop a new guy. They sent him to the ultimate worst place, placing chaos when he got there. Look at all the different head coaches. Hell, there was even different front office people throughout that whole reign when Odell Beckham first signed on. I mean, it's been really a train wreck. Now there's been some stabilization of the, of the program and what they're doing. He just doesn't fit into the future of that team. So now they have to determine their exit plan. And that's what both parties are going through. This Aaron Rodgers story is absolutely, in my opinion, it's something that really gets to me here. And I'm going to tell you what that is here in a minute. Before we go on, again, I'm going to hit on that game tonight because it affects Eagle fans. And it affects the Philadelphia Eagles this game tonight. It's a big, big game tonight for the Eagles. And I'll explain here in a minute. But as I do each and every single time, I welcome people aboard. Thank you so much as you do each and every single day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 Eastern time. You guys come on. Look, we, we got our guy uh, Rowan with us right now. We got Ewing on. You guys come aboard. I bring topics. You guys bring topics. We go back and forth. and. We kind of hit it up here, and that's what we do here on 
the National Football Show. At the bottom of the hour, from Sports Illustrated, nobody better to talk NFL news than with my Hall of Fame voter, Howard Balzer. He and I went back and forth on Twitter a little bit about the mandates on what's going on with COVID-19. You know, 10 days, now Aaron Rodgers can't play. That puts him back right before, I believe, a football game next week. I can't remember who that game is, but that puts him on a Saturday. And that puts him on a Saturday game. He's going to miss this Chiefs game. So we'll talk about that here in a minute. All right, let me let me throw this at you here. See, personally, on it, these mandates, I'm not going to talk to you about getting shots or not getting shots. I'm talking about the NFL policy here. Okay? Just so that we all know, this is not going to be a comment made on policy about, you know, whether or not you should get the shot or not or your vaccination or not. I, I don't I don't really care. That's your personal decision. And I'll keep reiterating that and keep hammering that point. This is going to be on the protocols of the NFL and how they're doing business. You think a business has a right to put your medical history out there for the public to see? And remember something, COVID-19 or coronavirus is not an injury. So when people keep throwing the injury report at me on Thursdays, this is, are you comparing COVID-19 to a twisted ankle or to a scenario where a guy has a hyperextended elbow? Is that what you're trying to put it and categorize it as? A twisted knee doesn't kill you potentially. Okay? This is way different. This is something that is in line with being asked if you have HIV. That's medical history stuff. Ask Adam Schefter what the penalty was for ESPN for putting Jason Pierre Paul's medical records on his Twitter page and what the network had to pay over $500,000 in a settlement to Jason Pierre Paul for putting his personal medical records out there for public consumption. You can't do that. It's against the law and it's against the laws of our country. But why is it okay for the league to allow the media to bash Aaron Rodgers the way that they are today? And again, I'm not debating the shot. I'm debating how the NFL is allowing this to happen. What you're basically doing is you're basically putting those guys out front and saying, those are our non-vaccinated guys. And now what it does is it gives the media a hammer to hammer this guy each and every single day now because he's not vaccinated. Hey, and for the record, I didn't see Kyrie Irving's ass getting killed like this. Okay? What was it? Mental health stuff? People started coming up with that BS with him? This is why I always say, if you're going to cover a story and you're going to cover a person, cover them fairly. Someone goes, hey, well, Rogers lied. What do you mean he lied? Are you kidding me? You really take the word of somebody you don't know? What is he, your priest or your father? Well, you don't think people lie to you? My God, are you naive. Good grief almighty. Where in your right mind do you think people tell the media the truth? You tell the media half-truths. Look at what Tiger did his entire career until people saw who he really was that November night. Well, Tiger's that, and it was like almost like the media was so stunned that they found out that Tiger was that guy 
and not this other guy that they portrayed. That's why I never fall in love with guys when it comes to covering them. Because you know why? I don't know these guys from a can of paint. And do I trust them? No, because they don't trust the media. They're not going to tell you the truth. They're going to tell you half-truths. Well, Aaron Rodgers lied. I'm like, really? Who'd they lie to? You mean people that lie for a living? Isn't it rich? People are calling Aaron Rodgers a liar. And the people that are calling him a liar are the sports media and media people. They make a living on lying to the American public. Okay, they make a living on it. CNN is notorious for it. Horse dewormers, Russian collusion, all that crap, all lies. But see, when, when, when a player does it, oh, hey, Aaron Rodgers, and I'm like, Jesus, criminy. Well, he may have broken protocols. We well, think the Packers then are involved in it too. Again, I don't care about this story that much. I'm not going to spend all that much time on it. Because to me, I think the league makes a massive mistake by putting people's public or putting people's private medical history out there for people to consume and twist it any way they want. I'm not qualified to talk about vaccinations. I'm not qualified to tell you whether to get them or not. I just watch the same intel the rest of you do. Okay? Mike, thank you so much, dude. That's awesome of you. Thank you, my friend. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Birdman, thank you. Rose says he he lied because he told the truth. And get this, too. Let me throw this at you, too. One, one last thing on this Rodgers thing. Okay? Okay, so Aaron Rodgers didn't want to take the vaccination. And so he thought he had the antibodies built up because that's what some people said. You see who's on the uh, stand today in Washington, D.C.? Dr. Fauci. He's being questioned for some of the things that he said publicly. And he's being held accountable right now for some of the stuff that he's told the American public. That's a guy who has my health in his hands because it's the CDC website. Aaron Rodgers plays quarterback for the Packers. I don't care what that guy says, but it seems that we care more what Aaron Rodgers says than what Dr. Fauci says. All right, let me get into Odell Beckham. I want to get off that thing. Makes me ill to my stomach to even cover it. It's like the deflated football story. Who gives a shit? This Odell Beckham story, what do you guys think? Odell Beckham would be on the open market if you had to give up a draft choice. You know that the Browns right now are trying to shop him, but there's not going to be any shoppers that are going to go up to that counter and buy that player because he has too much money on the table. And most teams right now are squeezed against the salary cap. Most teams are right there at the cap right now, and some are over the cap. They're not going to adjust their rosters. It's not because they don't want to have the guy on the team. There's numerous teams that would want to have Odell Beckham on the team. But most of the teams in the league right now, and now past the trading deadline, most of these teams now are squeezed up or over the salary cap. They're not going to cut their roster just to put a guy on the team that they're not sure of. And they're not sure that the guy is going to fit into their offense. Why would I do that? Why would I upset my football team to see if this guy here can fit into my unit? 
Okay. Maybe New Orleans. They lost Michael Thomas. I could see putting a guy on a football team. But then again, is that someplace that Odell Beckham would want to go is New Orleans? Look who the quarterback is down there now. Right? Tyson Hill. Guys like that. I mean, Trevor Simeon. Is that where Odell Beckham? It's the worst situation in New Orleans right now than it is in Cleveland. So what would you get for him right now? Okay? Justin says, I think he's a top 10 wide receiver if he wants to play to it. Justin, he could be a top 10 wide receiver if he goes to a place that's got a great signal caller. I agree with that. Notice very little coverage on Ruggs and Harrison. By the way, Mike, I'm going to talk about Ruggs. I wanted to wait a couple days to get a little more information on what's going on because there was a death involved. This is not just a typical sports story with the wide receiver that played for the Raiders, okay? This is not just a typical story. A person died in this thing. So I wanted to wait. It's not like covering a trade or it's not like covering an injury or a team or a coach. Somebody died in this. So I wanted to wait, and that's always been my rule. Xander's been talking to me about this story for the last two days. I wanted to wait. That's how I do it. I'm not going to give my first knee-jerk reaction because there's a death involved here. And you've got to be cognizant to that number one issue where a person dies before you are to the player, his career, his ability to make money moving forward, how people perceive him now. All of that is going to stay with him for the rest of his life. Just like Dante Stallworth. That'll stay with him for the rest of his life. Dante Stallworth was a hell of a player for the Steelers. He killed somebody on the causeway down in Miami. And he's never been able to ever overcome those type of perceptions on what kind of reckless person he is. And by all accounts, the people that I know, Dante Stallworth, one of the greatest guys on the planet. Good people make mistakes. That's what we have here. And I was really glad to see Derek Carr come to his defense and the fact that his friend needed somebody to lean on. He's not condoning in any way. Um, and he, he's, he's not, you know, giving aid when it comes to what he did in that case by being involved in that murder. It's not a murder, but being involved in that in, in, in that manslaughter case, which I think it probably will be now, DUI, all of it, 156 miles an hour. It's reckless. Ray Rice made a reckless decision to punch his girlfriend, now wife, in the face in front of the American public. He's a good man. He's a good man who made a bad mistake. And I am a big Ray Rice fan. You know why? Ray Rice right now is married to that woman. They have a beautiful family. Ray Rice has been asked by the league to do rookie symposiums around the league to go in and tell people you can have it all and have it all taken away with one bad moment in your life. Ray Rice is revered. Oh, Ken, excuse me, two deaths, my bad, excuse me. I stand corrected. You're right. Excuse me. Um, Rice is good people. Made a bad mistake. He'll never live it down. Watch this. Michael Vick's a good dude. Poor decision making. 
He's tried to do everything in his power to have people know that he's not that person. And I think he's accomplished that, but you're never going to forget that stuff. So we'll, we'll talk more about that as we move on as well. But Odell Beckham, where's he going? King Dave, it's a sad story. It, it totally is. It's a sad story in the loss of life. It's a sad story in the loss of fame, money, all the people that are involved, all the collateral damage from everyone. It's so sad, that story. That's why you have to be a little bit more, I think, common sense removed a few days from the incident to make a true assessment of how you really feel about it because it's brutal. Families um, are being tortured right now. Such a sad story. Raiders, were they right to cut him? Yeah, you can't have that on your team. You've got to cut loose of that. How about the Raiders too, man? What a chaotic season. And there they are still sitting in the playoffs. Kudos to them. Dan says COVID is a cult. Any who doesn't buy into the BS is the devil. That's also why the media cult hates Tebow. There's some truth to this. I don't know about it being a cult, but it is this. It's funny. Some people, if you don't believe in their ideology or their way of living their life, you're a racist. You know that everybody that voted, Democrats and Republicans that voted for the new governor in Virginia, um, the news media people like MSNBC and CNN are calling them racist now because they elected a Republican Virginia uh, governor. I'm like this. So everybody in Virginia is a racist now? Really? That's how you broad stroke that? Did you see that tremendous story of the lieutenant governor from Jamaica? Winsome Sears? My God almighty. She's a military person. She served in our country. She put her kid on the back of her bike. And she went to law school. I mean, she's the American dream. That woman's the American story, man. My God, she's, she's the best America offers. Military background, minority. Came to this country with nothing in her pocket from poverty. Both husband and wife served in the military of the United States of America. She put her life on the line, and she wasn't even from here. Dude, you can't be any more American than that. The opportunity, she's now the lieutenant governor of Virginia. Wow. Thank you, man, for serving and protecting our country, you and your husband, and raising a wonderful family. What a wonderful human being. I'd vote for you for president of the United States. That's one of the most impressive people I've seen in politics in the last five years is that lieutenant governor in Virginia. She's impressive. You don't see AOC or Hillary or even the vice president throwing kudos out and congratulations to an historic victory for her. It doesn't fit the agenda. All right. Let's get into the topic of tonight here. How big a game is this for Carson Wentz tonight? How big a game is this for him? The Colts go into this game at three and five. 
everyone knows what happened in Tennessee. They lost Derrick King. Or excuse me, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was in the conversation for most valuable player. 937 in rushing yards. I mean, this guy was, I think he was going to go 2105 over it. That's Eric Dickerson's single season record just because of the extra game alone. But he was on pace even at 16 to get that thing done. How big a game is this for Wentz? You got to beat Mike White in the Jets tonight. You've got to have this game. And on top of that, here's something else for Eagle fans and the Eagle organization. Folks, as Eagle fans, this is going to make you throw up. You guys tonight have to root for Carson Wentz to win. Eagle fans, you should be sitting at every bar in Philadelphia tonight praying Wentz plays his ass off tonight. Because if that Colts team, okay, goes to three and six on the season, they're not catching anybody in the postseason when it comes to going and playing in the second season. They're just not. Not at three and six. Your season's over. Why in the world would Chris Ballard, the GM, play Carson Wentz to what that contingency pick is when they made that deal with the Eagles? Why would I lose a first-round draft choice when my season's over? He's been banged up going into this year with his foot injury. Why would I give the Eagles a first-round draft choice? Why would I do that? I don't want to lose my first-round draft choice on a lost season. Don't give, me, don't give me shit about integrity. They care about that first. It's got to get to a point where everyone in the organization, ownership, the Ursays, everybody go like this. Do we play him the rest of the way? Do we play him? Or do we save the first round pick? Remember, he's got to play. If he doesn't make it to the postseason, he's got to play 75% of the plays. And if that team makes it to the postseason, he's got to play 70% of the plays. So he's got to play some ball here. This game tonight is going to tell us, in my opinion, at least for the next couple months here, what that pick is going to be for Philly. You know, I know Howie, if I were betting, Howie wants this guy to win tonight. Has no bearing on the Eagles. He's in the AFC, has no bearing on them, except for this. He's got to keep playing. What do you do? This game's important. Do you not agree? This could be one of this, – this is like a playoff game for Carson Wentz. This is a playoff game. Have to – and no mistake, he has to play well. We're going to get to all your thoughts. My friend Howard Balzer is going to join us from Sports Illustrated. Man, there's a ton of news in the NFL. Do me a favor. Hit that like button, guys. Thank you so much for coming aboard. We'll get to all your thoughts here. Keep it right here on the National Football Show.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work. Building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Silio. Howard Balzer from Sports Illustrated is going to be right around the corner. He and I went back and forth a little bit. That's the beauty of our friendship, and that's the beauty of most of my friendships with the people that come on our program. They don't always necessarily agree with us, and I like it that way. Who wants Yes Man Radio? You could do that locally in Philadelphia or Boston anytime you want. Just tune on a radio show. Okay? I mean, really. It's kiss-ass radio. Most hosts put people on to corroborate their agenda. That's what the news media does. That's what the sports media does. You think they put guests on to contradict themselves? Absolutely not. You never see that. I do that. That's what separates us in our show and what I've done in radio for over 30 years is that I get people with conflicting views or different views. Will Kane does that. And I like Will, because Will get somebody on that doesn't have the same view that he has. I think it makes for better television. I think it makes for better radio than to sit there and have somebody just try to prove your point and sit around and have Yes Man Radio. It just doesn't make sense. Or accessibility radio is what I like to call it. You're not going to really take a shit on somebody too bad because you don't want to have that access cut off to you. So that's what most people in our media do, and that's why I get guys on like Howard and Hell, you can even hear, you know, people go like this. You've got two great insiders, Jason Cole and 
Howard Balzer. You know why I have those two guys? They're Hall of Fame voters. One, they've been plugged into the league for the last 25 years, and they don't always agree with me. That's exactly why I get them on. I don't want people getting, you know, the idea that I put people on. Oh, yeah, you see, you agreed with. That's not what we do here. EJW, with Rodgers' situation, should the Eagles go after Rodgers in the offseason? Yeah, why not? I don't care about that COVID stuff. I don't care less. Why? Lamar Jackson's not vaccinated. He's made it very clear he's not. He's caught COVID twice now. Dak won't give you a straight answer. Hell, LeBron James won't even give you a straight answer. LeBron James won't give you a straight answer if he's uh, vaccinated or not. Look, look, look on the internet. He, he doesn't give you a straight answer. Why don't you ask LeBron that question? Ask him if he's vaccinated. Watch the Boomer Philly media say they don't want him because no vax. Oh, my God, that's a great topic. Birdman. Xander, put that up on Birdman. So you're, hey, Eagle fans, would you not want to have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback now because he's not vaccinated? I'll wait. Wait a minute. Uh, let me let me wait on this one. Let me see how many dumb people are truly are truly listening and watching us right now. Because Aaron Rodgers isn't vaccinated, would you want him in Philly or not want him in Philly? King Dave, I've not seen that where he said he was. I have not seen that story. Oh man. That's a good topic. I got to bring that back. I'm going to bring that back. Don't, don't forget to bring that bad puppy back. One of the great people that I love talking to all the time is my friend from Sports Illustrated, Howard Balzer. He and I ping pong back and forth a little bit. I so dig that because it shows you, too, that me and him have different opinions on certain things, and that's what makes for good television. That's what makes for good radio. That's why we've been friends for a long period of time. He joins us now. And I'll ask you right out of the gate here, Howard. Do you think that the NFL players' vaccination status should be for public consumption? Well, it, it's it's up to the player, really, in terms of, I mean, because we don't know. I was asked a question yesterday uh, by someone about not knowing about, you know, and the media hasn't looked into it enough and all that. And I said, well, that that's a per, that's personal choice. And we don't know around the league who's vaccinated who and who isn't unless a player decides to talk about it. And that's their personal choice, whether to get vaccinated and whether to, to talk about it or not. So I think that that that's essentially, you know, what it is. I mean, in some ways there are some who say that, you know, I mean, heck it's in some ways it's a violation of HIPAA, you know, HIPAA regulations talk about injuries in terms of medical situations with players. But we also know that in the NFL with injury reports and, and money being bet on games and, and all those things, there's a certain amount of integrity attached to that. But, you know, with, you know, with va vaccines, like I said, it's, 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 it's all about what the player chooses. Now, a lot of times we can figure it out when a player is on the COVID list for a certain amount of time and you, and you can figure out whether he was vaccinated uh, or not. But that's I, I don't know that the issue of whether it's public or not is the issue. You know, the, the issue is the, per, the, the player's personal choice that we see now in the league, Dan, that 
there's over 94% of the league is vaccinated. And we know a certain amount of that happened because of the way the protocols were set up to encourage players to be vaccinated. Because in this particular situation, it goes beyond protecting yourself. It goes beyond protecting your family. It goes beyond protecting teammates. It also goes beyond a player not being available for his team if he's on that COVID list because he wasn't vaccinated. And I think that's a big reason why the percentage in the NFL and most of the other sports is significantly higher than it is in general society. I would say this to you, though, Howard. Why is that the public's why, – why, why does the public have to be privy of the protocols? Those are something inside of a business that a business sets up, a private industry sets up for the players and for the media – for them to figure it out, that's what your job is about, for you to try to figure it out. It's not here for me to have my public status, just the same way that Adam Schefter found out what that was like when he put Jason Pierre-Paul's medical records on his Twitter page, and it turned out to be a fine for ESPN, and Adam got in major heat for doing that. That's medical history stuff. This is, And I saw somebody saying something about, well, the injury report on Thursdays. COVID's not an injury, like you pointed out to me. It's not an injury. Okay, this is not an injury. They're separate from that injury report. And if you've got protocols for the players to follow, why did you make that private? It almost looks to me like the league went out of its way once again to go to the winds of social media and what's going on in our country to be a political beacon for vaccinations. When they're a football league, Howard, they're not a vaccination league. They're no. not a medical league. But it, it, it all affects who's on the field. So what happens when all of a sudden the player doesn't play? We know why a player doesn't play when he's injured. Uh, now, there are situations, say with Lane Johnson of the Philadelphia Eagles, they just said it was a personal matter. And it's up to Lane Johnson if he wants to talk about those personal issues that kept him away from the team. But that was, it, was to, it was told, though, that he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be available. So are they just supposed, all of a sudden they got, Aaron Rodgers doesn't play for a team and everyone's supposed to wonder, well, why is he not playing? Why? Why is he not playing? He's not on the injury report. What happened? Yeah, so, but, but Howard, some of these guys who are even vaccinated are catching it again and having to go through the protocols of it again. So even the ones that are vaccinated, okay, are put on that COVID list. There's that's true. That, I mean, there's people that have been put on that list. Listen, well, they're on the list. I'm, I'm they're not, on the list I'm, because they're not a, they're not available. What we but know. Here, what? But, here, but here, Howard, I'm not stumping whether or not you should get it or not. I'm not. That's not my place. That that's just not my position. And I'm I don't. I'm not a doctor and I'm not qualified to tell you whether or not you should get it or not. That's your own personal decision. My problem is, is that, boy, the NFL went out of their way to be really public and they're trying to be like almost over transparent. And yet they're not going to be transparent with emails in Washington, but they're going to do things like are going to throw things out there like this here where you're like, you're outing the players for the media to bash him. Maybe maybe that's a perception only by me. Maybe you see it completely different. No, I, I do see it different. Again, because of the reason is you're dealing with a sport where there is millions and billions of money, you know, gambling on it, and and when you don't have players practicing or you don't have players available for games, once again, are you just supposed to know? Oh, we're not telling you why. Sorry, he, he's just not. He's he's not playing, and so I I don't I you know I I do think that the NFL is trying to be. Uh, you know, positive about it. And because they, 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 a lot of people have asked why didn't they make it mandatory that all players uh, get, 
get vaccinated. And they didn't go to that point. But but again, they set up the protocols to, you know, to and, and so you know, again, if if no one knows why a guy isn't playing, and here's the thing: if, if you don't know that a guy tested positive, that and and but he's not in the but he's not in. The, are, are you saying they shouldn't be removed from the building? I'm, I'm I mean, going like this. Well, I don't know why Deshaun Watson's not playing. The league won't tell me why he's not playing. I mean, I look at this. Well, game that's here. it. Well, yeah, we do the team. The team. That's a team's choice. The team's oh, the choice. Team, in the team, but they're paying him thirty-eight million dollars to sit and eat ice. Well, but 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 we know why that's going on, though. It's not a secret why he isn't. But if all of a sudden the player isn't there and isn't around and isn't practicing and isn't playing, and I assume you still believe that if a, I, I I hope you still believe that if if a guy has it, that he should be separated from oh, the yes. team and not be there to spread it yes. to other players and other Absolutely. people in the building. So if he's not there, are they just supposed to ignore it and not tell anybody why? I mean, that, 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 I think that's a, that's that's a pretty big stretch. I think. Well, I, 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 like I said, man, this story, man, it, it, it's 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 going to tell us an awful lot here, um, a, a lot about the league going forward here and what they're going to do with Aaron Rodgers. Let me ask you this now, with Rodgers in this non-vaccination, I just threw this question out. It's funny, even with him not being vaccinated, how many teams in the NFL would like to have Aaron Rodgers on their team next year, quarterbacking their football team? Well, of course this they play would. In- does this play into any decision? Well, in my, I, it, it could. I, it's possible. Hey, it's. I think it affected Cam Newton. Uh, there, I don't think there's any doubt about that. That when the protocols, it was. It's still a strange situation about that whole issue with when he went out of town. Yeah, yeah. And to get his foot looked at, and he wasn't at the facility, and he was still being tested, but he wasn't tested at the NFL facility, and so you know, then he had to be you know, out another five days and then the Patriots decide to move on from him. And I think it doesn't take a genius to think that, that maybe they they didn't want a guy on their roster who all of a sudden might not be available. Just like all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers. Now the thing is, there's also a certain amount, Dan, that at the time that a lot of this was going down at the beginning of training camp and before training camp, no, no one knew how many of these breakthrough cases there would be with players who are that are vaccinated, Correct. but still, you know, get the virus. And so, you know, that, that was, that was an unknown. I think there was the knowledge that it probably could happen, but no one really knew until it happened. But you also don't know how many of these vaccinated players who have tested positive caught it out and about from someone who wasn't vaccinated and didn't, and didn't know that they were because they didn't have symptoms. And that that's that, you know, that's what makes this whole thing so unique is that some people try to compare it to the flu, they compare this, they compare that. But the contagious aspect of this, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt, and any and any medical person or scientist will tell you that these variants that have especially Delta, but there's been other ones, that a certain amount of that has been fueled and spread by the fact that there are a large number of people who chose not to be vaccinated. And, and that contributes to the spread. But we, we also know, though, that if you are vaccinated and get it, you're much less likely to have serious, re, you know, serious effects from it as you will if you're not uh, vaccinated. So, but it has turned, the whole thing has turned into a political thing. And it goes beyond the sports leagues and the NFL because it was made a political issue in our country that all of a sudden some people think they have to support a certain person because. Oh, it's about freedom of speech and freedom of this and freedom of that. Well, you know what? When we get in the car, we have to we have to buckle our seatbelts. That's a law, and so 
know, there's a lot of things that that maybe our quote personal freedoms are taken away. Can't smoke cigarettes in a bar in an indoor indoor place like that. So there's a lot of things that no one complains about, but all of a sudden the, the vaccine has become this incredible political wedge in this country when it's purely a health issue. And that's unfortunate and sad in a lot of ways. Let me go to Cleveland now with you here. Um, is the reason why we're not seeing Odell Beckham cut yet is because there's a financial number that's being determined right now? Because follow me, Howard. Here's a football team that's doing a dual track situation here. They're figuring how to divorce from Odell Beckham Jr.'s contract, which I believe it's $8 million bucks this year. I think he's owed that money. And then they're determining whether or not Baker Mayfield is going to be the future of the team. Well, if that's the case then, and they're still figuring that out, I would think that the Browns are going to need as much money of that Odell Beckham money as they possibly can if they're going to go after a Russell Wilson, an Aaron Rodgers, a Deshaun Watson, or whatever assets they're going to try to get to get a veteran quarterback in there. I don't really see a guy in the NFL draft where they're going to go back into that draft again. Is this all money on how it's going back and forth right now? Because you know the market value for him. What can you get for him right now? A fifth? I mean, he's been injured the last few years. He's been non-productive. He's not been a bad teammate, which puts something in my room where I would want him on my team in the right situation financially. How do you see this whole thing playing out? Yeah, it's it's it. You know, you brought up all the potential complications on this and how it's come to a head right right at the trading deadline, and and then of course he wasn't traded, and certainly a certain amount of that was his contract, and teams. If, if there was anything serious, the Browns weren't going to get a deal like, uh, you know, you know what the Broncos did, you know, by, um, you know, by paying. Well, that you know, it was a little reverse situation, but the Broncos paid basically for second and third round draft picks to trade uh, Von Miller. But who would want to take, you know, who at this point wants to take on Odell Beckham's contract? And. Is he going to be able to play? Is he healthy? And then the other part of it is, you know, I don't want to compare him to Von Miller, but you can put a defensive player on a team. You can put him on the field for 20 or 30 snaps and say, get after the passer. And there's not a whole lot of adjustment that needs to be done there. A wide receiver, though, to get the ball, needs to know the plays, needs to know have the timing down, needs to know his quarterback. And that just doesn't happen overnight on, on teams. And so... I'm sure that at whatever point it is, there will be a team that will take a chance on Odell Beckham, but I, I don't know how confident I would be that he's really going to be productive for the team he's going to go to at least this season. And then what does it mean going forward? I mean, what is it going to be? I mean, we saw everything that happened in the, with the Giants. We've seen now with Cleveland. And you know there, there's probably going to be some teams that have a little bit of cold feet about it. It would have to be the right situation with the right quarterback and – and the right organization. I mean, Antonio Brown has pl played pretty good football uh, with Tampa Bay, and it's all about Tom Brady trusting him and Bruce Arians trusting him. Of course, now he's injured, but that's that's a that's a different story. But it would take maybe something similar to that. And I'm not comparing what Odell Beckham Jr. has done off the field and those things to to Antonio Brown, but it's just the whole point of bringing a guy on your team and knowing that he's going to fit. And I think there'll be a lot of teams that will have big questions about that, especially when you're talking about the money that could be involved. Antonio Brown didn't sign for a whole lot of money. 
uh, to play for the Buccaneers. And so that's a big, big reason that he was signed last year and that he was re-signed this year. And one of the things you always taught me, usually around the midway point of a season, most teams are stretched against the cap yeah, and or over the cap. So putting a guy like that on their team, it's not a simple, you know, Adam subtract here because that means you've got to kind of blow up some of your roster to put a guy like that with that kind of number on there. And you're going to be weakened in other places. And you really don't want to go down that route right now because, as you've always told me, Howard, you know, you can want all these trades all you want. <laughs> I want a Ferrari too, you know. Hey, but. You know, my economics right now, I'm looking at a fiat right now. No, and, I'm and, not looking at right and that and that's the only way that the Von Miller deal could have been done because the Rams just I mean, they've already they've already restructured a bunch of contracts. Their cap situation is not very good. And to take on they, they didn't have the space to take on nine million of Von Miller's contract, and they would have had to restructure more contracts. And all you're doing there is you're pushing you're pushing money from that guy into future years and putting yourself into a very difficult spot. And and then they give up draft choices and all these draft choices they give up, which are players that don't count a lot except for the first round pick. And even they don't count as much as they used to, but the picks after the first round don't count a lot against the cap for four years. And, and that's, that's why teams value their picks, but you know, the Rams do it a little bit a different way. They'll, they'll, they'll get some compensatory choices and, and they do a pretty good job with their later round picks. But when those guys are ready to, to resign, unless it's an Aaron Donald or someone really special, they're, they're, perfectly fine with letting that guy move on and get a compensatory pick for him the following year. And that's, that's the way they've built their roster, but you can only do it so much because if you have too much in a future year, then you're going to have to, you know, release players. And that can be, you know, something that obviously hurts your roster. Absolutely. That's what they did with Adamic and Sue. They got a, a, they got a pick for him once they let him end up walking out the door there. Final question for you here. You know, tonight is a gigantic game tonight, and I say this for Carson Wentz, and people are going to go, Colts and Jets? Here's why. If I'm Chris Ballard and I lose this ball game tonight, that means the Colts are 3-6. and six. You know, there is a contingency on a pick that they traded to Philadelphia where that pick turns a number one pick. If he plays 70% of the plays um, and goes to the postseason, and if they don't go to the postseason, they have to play 75% of the plays for him to be able to – turn that pick into a number one pick for the Eagles and Howie Roseman. If you're Chris Ballard and you lose this game tonight, are you really putting that on the table that, you know, you get to a point in the season where you shut down Carson Wentz, talk about, it, you know, injuries that he had going in. Do you start making it? Because I got to think that that number one pick, it's got to be something valuable because they may even want to look at a quarterback scenario. They're going into the first year of that contract that they signed in Philadelphia, Howard. Now they're starting to pay big money on that Philly deal. And next year it's on them because Philly picked up a lot of that money this year. It's on them. You got a big decision to make if you're Chris Ballard. So maybe organizationally, it's a big night for the Colts to decide what happens for the future with Carson Wentz and that first round pick. Do you agree? Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point because if you don't get to that threshold and you don't have to give up that first round pick, then that that can be obviously pretty significant. So you you have to feel that even if this season continues along this path, you you have to be pretty darn sure that Wentz is the guy you want with you, that you want him long term, and that 
you feel that some of the issues they've had aren't all on his shoulders. Although last week, you know, some of the decisions he made were you just shake your head at. And you Worst just eight can't. minutes of football I'd have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Pretty bad. He had he had some good moments. There's no doubt. Yeah. You know, there's no doubt about it. And but we all know that consistency is what separates teams in the NFL. And it's hard to be consistent these days because the teams are so close. But you better have a certain amount of consistency as the quarterback and, and avoid those head scratching plays that you just shake your head and go, what was he thinking? And so to go forward with him, the Colts have to be darn sure that he's their guy, not only for the rest of this year, but for several years afterward. I got to put a hall of fame question in here on you here. I saw that Philip rivers was contacting the, um, or <laughs> kind of throwing it out right. that if the saints were interested in him, uh, maybe going in, or I think that'd be a great fit. And if you're Odell Beckham, if Rivers is there, he did win 11 ball games last year with the Colts. I mean, he he's not that far removed from the game. You think Philip Rivers has put a Hall of Fame career together? I I do. I, I don't know if I'm a. I shouldn't say alone. I'm sure there's others who agree with me. I, I, don't know I think if, he has too. I, I don't know if there's enough on the committee who agree with me uh, because I am a guy. You know, many just say you have to have won. And see, and I'm, I'm one who says on Tom Brady, as great as he is, is he automatically the GOAT, the greatest of all time, because his t he's been on a team that won that many championships? And so obviously there's no question he's going into the Hall of Fame. But picking who the best is is, is very subjective. And, hey, deciding who a Hall of Famer is has a certain amount of you know, opinion, obviously, and, and is subjective. And so I've always felt that when you put together a tremendous career and in many occasions made the team around you better, and it wasn't like the Chargers through all those years were just loaded with tremendous talent on that offense. Probably the best player they had consistently over a course of time was Antonio Gates yes. at tight end. But he made a lot of players better on that team. His misfortune was that they would lose in the playoffs to the Colts or lose to the Patriots, and they never got to the promised land. I've always felt that that shouldn't be a black mark against an individual player when the team hasn't won. And so, so yeah, I, I think he has. I think and he's here, a modern-day Marino. I think he's a modern-day Marino, Howard. He, he might be, yeah. He, he, he might be. I don't know if he, he's not as pure a great passer as Marino. But yeah, Marino didn't have team success, right. uh, no question about it. But at least at least they got to one Super Bowl, but didn't do very well in that game. But I, it, it always kind of when, when I hear it said all the time about a quarterback, well, he won the game or he lost, and they put a one loss record with a quarterback when there's so many variables involved in winning a game that hey, I've never agreed with giving pitchers wins in baseball because there's so many variables. But somewhere along the line, someone came up with a stat and said, okay, here's the one-loss record. And so I never thought that that should be something against them when they've won a lot of games but just weren't at the top. And I'll mention a coach. We might have talked about him before, Marty Schottenheimer, who had one of the best regular season records that any Number coach – six all-time, 209. Yeah, yeah, overall. But when they got to the playoffs, Four they 14. lost – yeah, they yeah they they lost to teams that were better that day. Does that mean that Marty Schottenheimer all of a sudden wasn't a good coach? And I always channel something that Tony Larusa once said, and he's probably said it more than once, but I remember hearing him say it once. And it and it applies to all sports to a degree. 
he said, the hardest thing to do is to make it to the postseason. That's the hardest thing to do. That's the accomplishment is getting to the postseason. Of course, in baseball, it's hardest of all the sports because there's fewer teams. Once you get there, anything can happen because it's the best playing the best. You know, there's there's no passes in you know in the postseason when you're playing teams that won only four games or whatever it might be. You're, the best are playing the best, and what happens in, a, in in the best against the best? One of those teams has to lose, and so that team be looked down upon because they lost. I've never thought they should, and I think it's unfortunate that 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 many look at that look at it that that, that way in judging so putting so much on whether somebody's been on a winning team. I love going back and forth with you, Howard. It's been a great, great, great conversation with you. Thank you so much for our friendship, brother. I mean, I loved it too. You fired right back, and I was like, "Look at my man there, man. All good." Well, Thanks I fired so- back because you, you know, and, and a lot of the points you make are are good questions. But I, I don't know. I think you went a little far when you were trying to compare that to someone having a concussion. You know that that they can come back a lot a lot sooner. Well, yeah, but at concussions. Last I heard, concussions aren't contagious. So well, this isn't an, this isn't an injury either, though. Okay. No, no, no. It's true. It's not, no, an, it's injury, not an injury. But it's still an illness. And we have guys in the NFL. I didn't mention this before. Who go on the the reserve non football illness list uh, for 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 an illness or a non football injury that happened away from from football? I can't forget who was the DB. He's at ESPN now. That couldn't play in Philly because of high altitude. Oh gosh. Um, um, so, so you're talking something like that, right? Right, Howard? Where wasn't it Ryan? Cl- wasn't it Ryan Clark? That's it, Ryan Clark. He Ryan played Clark for, he played play for Pittsburgh because I think he had the sickle cell trait. Yeah, he couldn't play at high altitude because his blood sugar count would get all screwed up. Yeah, that's right. That's not football. That's right. That's right. That's an issue, and so that's one of the issues there. You say, Howard, I got a roll here, man. All right, man. Thank you so much. It's always great to talk to my friend Howard Balzer again from Sports Illustrated. We'll take a brief time out, get back to you, get back to your thoughts. I want to talk Carson Wentz. Big game for the Colts and the Eagles tonight. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Metson Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. National Football Show, Dan Cilio. We still kind of got into it because I kind of still disagree a little bit with it. I don't think players' medical history should be out there for the media to use any way they see fit. I, I just don't see that. Okay, I don't. I don't see fit. Now, I did ask a question prior to going into the interview with Howard Balzer from Sports Illustrated. By the way, please do me a favor, guys. Like the show, hit that like button. I really appreciate when you guys do. Thank you. So because Aaron Rodgers is not vaccinated, would you not want him to be your starting quarterback in Philly? Don't make an asshole yourself, too, if you say, well, wait, I'll leave it there. Okay? <laughs> Please. Uh, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm setting the deck. This is not cool. I've kind of probably... Wait a minute. I'll, I'll give you. My, well, you obviously know how I feel. Are you kidding me? You ask any NFL player in the league today if he want to be on an Aaron Rodgers team. Ninety-seven percent of the league would say, "Of course I would." You know why? He gives me the best chance to hit my incentives. He gives me a best chance to win a Super Bowl. He's one of probably the only handful of guys in the league that give you that opportunity every Sunday to win a game. Okay, he's he's one of the only guys. He's won 33 of 40 regular season football games. I don't know how you could think any other way. Paul says technically Rodgers didn't lie. Paul, who cares if he lied? Who cares? I'm not just, I'm not sitting here talking about his morality. We've been debating Deshaun Watson's morality, and pretty much everybody around the league. It's okay trying to make a trade for a guy that's got 23 sexual assault charges against him. And if we're going to sit there and talk about a guy who potentially could be traded with 23 sexual assault charges against him, I think I'm okay having something here where a guy lied about being vaccinated. Let's be candid and real here. Okay, really? Well, hell. Aaron Rodgers lied about the vaccination, but Deshaun's sexual uh, predator cases, we're good with it. You know, he didn't lie. Come on, man. My point is, who cares about any of that? Let the league figure that stuff out. I'm a fan. I want the best guy playing for my football team. Rodgers all day. 
Sills is savage. I love it. My wife might not say that. Everybody don't want that. Hey, hey, I don't know that. I'm not going to sit there and say that nobody wants the vaccination or nobody should get it. I, I don't, again, I don't care about that stuff. Sitting around talking about that, honestly, means jack to me, man. Kevin says, yes, Dan, the stupid thing. Look, if you play in New York, they want you to be vaccinated. But if you go there on a visiting team, you don't have to be vaccinated. Great point. Think about that. Kyrie Irvin has to be vaccinated. So, but if Kyrie Irvin played in Milwaukee, he wouldn't have to be. So wait, what if he comes to the garden? Well, he doesn't have to be. What? What? <laughs> yeah, plug that one in for me. Rogers to the Eagles. Big Keezy. I like that. 23 and one says Devontae can't catch. No, you got a shitty quarterback. King Dave, because a couple of those drops hit. Hey, King Dave, you got a shitty quarterback. I, I, I don't care if you put Jerry Rice out there. You think Jerry Rice is going to star with Jalen Hurts? Really? He's not accurate. He wasn't accurate at Alabama. He wasn't accurate all that much at Oklahoma. And he's not accurate in the NFL. If it walks like a duck, it's a duck, dude. That's what this is. He's not a very accurate quarterback. Rodgers would fit in Philly, and he would fit in the area. Kevin, you think that guy would fit in Philly? I might be a little concerned about that. I might be a little conserved, you know, concerned about that one. You think Aaron Rodgers could take to Philly? Yeah. Because you know why? Philly would embrace him. Boston would embrace him. Pittsburgh would embrace him. You know why? Watch this. You know that vaccination talk. Why don't we put it to the side? Why? It's vaccinations. Yeah, well, it's Cam Newton. Cam, he sucks now. We can use him as, you know, a whipping, a whipping stone. And, you know, but Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, they're not vaccinated. Let's not bring that up with those. You know, those guys are good. And those guys are relevant right now. Oh, okay, so if you're relevant and you can play. Funny, you don't hear anybody in Baltimore bitching about restructuring a new contract for Lamar Jackson. And in the last 16 months, he's, he's uh, failed the COVID test twice. Not once, but twice. <laughs> okay. Steve Biscotti, the owner of the, um, the Ravens, you think he's playing into any of that on him being vaccinated or not? You think he cares at all about that? He doesn't care about that. Look, look at it. And you know what? Hey, I asked you the question. Would you want Aaron Rodgers knowing the vaccination status? Not that that, again, like I said, who cares? But it, it matters to the media. You notice, right? Okay. You notice it, right? Figure this out here. How much of a beating do you think publicly Kyrie Irving took for, you guys brought him up a little bit, 
Kyrie Irving took, you know, not wanting to follow the New York protocols when it comes to vaccinations and the NBA's standards on it. I think he kind of got hit, but there's constant bombardment for every single media person in the country on Rodgers. He lied. (laughs) You want to know liars? Tune Tune Fox News or CNN on and watch those politicians in Washington. Watch what's going on with Dr. Fauci today. You want to see liars? Turn on the Liars Network, which is basically any news network. You want the lot? And by the way, you know what they figured out? And now that my business, sports business, you know what one thing that my boy Krause always tells me? Views and clicks and views and clicks and views and clicks. And that's what makes the world go around today in our business, along with ratings. Okay? Along with ratings. Talking about somebody like Warwick Dunn in Louisiana building homes for single, single moms, raise these kids, send them to college in this. Those aren't good stories. Aaron Rodgers, Packers, white guy. More on the political side of a Republican. Family hates him. Oh, and by the way, he is seven and one. You know, it's one thing if we're talking about a player who's not winning. He's got the best team in football at the halfway mark. But see, you know what's happened here? Let me show you this here. Let me show you this. Guess who's become the new favorite toy? For the media, Jordan Love. Woo-wee. Do you guys even remember watching him play, or did you ever see him play? There's as less film on him as there is on Trey Lance, or maybe a little more because he did play it. Do you guys even know where he played? He played at Utah State. Okay, he played at Utah State in the Mountain West. All right. Do you guys remember him on a football field in any significant game during his entire college career? I, I don't. Okay. My studios are in Southern California. And so I kind of know who he is because I kind of keep an eye on the Mountain West. But most of the time, nobody out east, they didn't know who he was. It was a draft choice that many people question when Green Bay did it on draft night. But guess what he is now? Oh, man. Hey, what if he goes in and plays well? What if he's this? What if he's that? It's like you're trying to you're trying to predict lottery tickets. I don't know if this guy's going to be good or not. I just know this. You're under some cloud of dumbness. If As soon as that guy comes back, Aaron Rodgers, that you're not thinking of putting him back in, you think Green Bay's even contemplating that? Dude, they just want to get through the week. And put this nightmare behind him because the Packers are on the clock for this stuff too. They allowed him to do whatever he wanted in Green Bay. And they're probably going to support him. If they don't, we're going to know definitely what the future is moving forward in 2022 that whether or not he'll be on the open market or not. Hey, Wick, no doubt, dude. I drove up the coast the other day, Wick. Usually those cargo boats and those cargo ships are like three deep. Now they're like 15 deep. Dude, man, crazy. I get it.
All right. Yeah, we'll know a little more on what the Packers are intending to do. And by the way, the Packers are going to find out if this guy can play or not. Whether or not he can play. I'll tell you this, though. Even Howard Balzer didn't. He didn't really plug in what I was saying until, you know, I put all the pieces together. I'm telling you, man, the Colts and Carson Wentz have a big game tonight. They have a big game. And then you have the Eagles sitting on the fence post here with this, watching over this. And what I mean by that is, man, the Eagles, okay, they're sitting at three and five right now, right? Same record as the Colts right now. Colts win this game, they're four and five. And with what's happened with Derrick Henry and the Titans, I told you this the other day ago. In the AFC, the number one ranked team going into week nine are the Titans. They are the Titans. Hey, Joey, what's up, brother? But that's going to change in a month. Hell, that's going to change in a week. I don't think Tannehill's going to be able to carry them across the finish line as a number one seed. And home field advantage has to go through Nashville. I do not believe that whatsoever. So that's going to change. And if we think about the AFC, there, who help me out here? Who is the who's the best team in the AFC in your opinion right now? Who's the best team in the AFC right now? Who would you say if you had to throw something out there? Cassell says this. Cassell says, I don't understand why politics has begun to infect every factor of our lives, such as health, sports, even death. Hey, man, that's where we are today. It's cancel culture, dude. Look what you're trying to do to Dave Portnoy from, um, you know, Barstool Sports. Dude, when you're on top and you have a different political opinion, wow, Bills. You think the Bills are the best team in the AFC? Mike says Bills. Bills for 215. Bills and Ravens. King Dave. You guys got the Bills? If I had to pick the best team, it's funny, my five teams that I say are the best teams in the NFL aren't AFC teams at all. Five. I named them yesterday. Wick says Cardinals. Man, I just don't have a lot of faith, Wick. Okay, I don't have a lot of faith in people who have not done it before. I really don't. Portnoy getting run over. Of course he is, because he's successful. Wick says if A.J. Green has one more brain fart, though. <laughs> Sportsman 22 says Bills. Boy, the Bills team is pretty complete, aren't they? They're pretty complete. I'm trying to think, who would I pick out of the AFC West? Man, get this. I can't even say the Chiefs. I can't do it, right? In the AFC South, Ravens, the North, the East, the Bills, obviously. Man, the AFC's not good. So the point is tonight, with Wentz, you can get yourself back in the game here. It's not like the NFC. I think the NFC is going to have some pretty good teams not make the postseason. 
there's going to be some good football teams that are not going to make it in because there's going to be a lot of good football teams in the NFC. I mean, watch this. Bucks, Rams. I mean, those two teams right there, somebody's going to get hot. I mean, you're going to see those two teams that are going to kind of like play into that. Out West, Cardinals, Rams. Man, those are some good football teams. And I think any one of that group that I just mentioned, I think they could win a Super Bowl. And now you add Von Miller to the uh, to the mix. So, again, back to Wentz. Big game for him tonight. Absolutely a gigantic game if he ends up winning that ball game tonight. I think the Eagle fans and the Eagle organization get a reprieve. But if they lose tonight, that's going to be some big-time issues here. East Candom, NFC always has been tougher than the AFC. I don't know. When Brady was in it, I thought they were pretty tough. The Eagles and the Patriots and the Colts during Manning's time. They were pretty good, man. Sportsman 22, Wentz has to win tonight. Or Philly's going to, yeah, I, I completely agree. Matt Hatter, I like Pickens, the kid from Pitt. Dude, I'm not, I'm not putting the Philadelphia Eagles' future in the hands from that kid from Pitt. I don't see enough. Got beat by Miami last week. He did throw for a boatload of yards. He did. It was impressive throwing the ball around the yard. But do you really feel comfortable that that guy looks like the future of the Eagles? The kid at Pitt. I don't know. Got a good arm. I get it. I think the kid at Cincinnati's not bad. That writer kid. I don't think he's all that bad, but they've kind of stumbled over the last couple weeks. So I don't know. Here, let, let, let's let's go over to the other topic of the day. And that is Odell Beckham. What happened in Cleveland, you think, with Odell Beckham? What happened? What was the significant thing that happened um, in Cleveland for Odell Beckham? What was the number one thing, you think, that ended up really hurting that entire situation there um, where he ended up, you know, just not being productive? It just never really worked. It wasn't anything like it that needed to be. Um, really tried to work through. It never just was able to, it just wasn't ev- able in any way whatsoever to, to succeed. What happened with him? You know, sometimes you just go to a place that's in chaos. The Giants were in a meltdown chaos. Look at them. Either way, it was going to be a poor scenario for him, whether he was in New York or whether he was in Cleveland. If you don't have a frontline guy and you don't have a quarterback, I don't care what your success is. Look at Devontae Smith. I see people talking on here that Devontae Smith's been a bust this year. He has. Not his fault. Now, when he gets targeted, he can't drop those footballs because, as you see, he's going to get limited opportunities because the quarterback's not accurate. Here, let's do this. Has Devontae Smith been a bust this year with the Eagles? What do you think? Has he? 
Has he been a, here? Odell Beckham has been a bust in Cleveland. He's been a bust. Birdman quarterback stinks. Okay. No, not his fault. Twenty-three and one. Yes. East Camden. No. Carl. No. No, it's Hurts limitations. Jermaine Lee. He has 427 yards reception, Matt Hatter says. Let's extrapolate that out. He's on pace for 1,000 yards. He's on pace for 1,000, okay? If, if you take it out, uh, by week 16, he'll have almost 900 yards with another opportunity to put some more yardage up there and maybe get 1,000 yards. So he, he's in the conversation. For a shitty quarterback that's on the team and him still to get 1,000 yards, that'd be pretty remarkable if he was able to do that. Andreas, no, hell no. Smith hasn't because it truly is his fault. We don't have a quarterback to fit his style. Kyle says Devontae has real potential, but Hurts, again, lives up to his last name every week. Kyle, here's the deal. You're right, man. Watch this. If Devontae Smith is put in Cincinnati, you think Devontae's doing the same thing that Jamar Chase is doing? Yes. But when I was – get this here. So you know, guys, Xander can attest to this. One of the first things I did on the Jacob Media channel was right around draft day. And I was against the pick. Like – I was against the pick in Chicago with Justin Fields. And I said this, it doesn't fit. You see what Najee Harris is doing in Pittsburgh right now? Have you guys noticed? He's keeping them in the game. Najee Harris's improvement, week in and week out, the Steeler O-line starting to play better, Najee Harris, the running back out of Alabama, is making an impact. Wildebeest, thank you so much. Nick's play calling. Let me get that back there. I want to be able to read that. Nick's play calling has limited this team. Without running the ball, can't throw the ball. Very good, Nick. Thank you very much again. Okay? Dante, here, follow me when I say this to you. Dante Smith is not a bust. His season is. You can have two things here play itself out. You think some of the offensive guys last year that were on the Dallas Cowboys without Dak Prescott on there, you think they had a failure season? Of course they did. They didn't have a quarterback that could get them the football either. Many of the guys missed their incentives. They missed their numbers. Player's not a bust. You just don't have enough pieces around the player because the most reliant position in the NFL is what? Wide out. Line's got to block well. Quarterback's got to be able to get back and find you. Then he's got to throw the ball to you. Think about all the intangibles that have to happen before the ball even gets targeted to you. King Day says he himself isn't a bust. No, he's not. But he doesn't fit. Show says there's no real production from anyone really this year. 
I think the tight end's not bad. I think the tight end has, you know what? If I were to go here, I think the tight end has played pretty good since Zach Ertz has left for, for Arizona. I think he's played pretty well. Joey B. Sills, you're probably talking about it, bud. The rug story. I'm going to get to that. It's sad about how these kids need help coming out of college and they need the guidance. I'm going to get to the story here in a sec. I will. I'll get to it. I'll, I'll, I'll probably do it in the next block, the Henry Rudd story. Um, the Rudd story is really brutal. It is. So many people have been damaged in this thing. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's not about talking about a lost career. It's talking about loss of life. Dallas has hurts his safety blanket. King Dave, he's a good football player. Okay. King, I, I, let me tell you something. Uh, Dallas is a hell of a football player. He really is. Will the Beast. Jalen Hurts should have never been asked to throw as much as he has. I said this yesterday because I think they put a lot on the table, Will the Beast. Team should resemble a little bit what they're doing in Dallas with Dak. Yeah, but that's right. Number one in rushing. Correct. You're, you're, that is one of the fundamental things you do. Okay, when it comes to develop a young quarterback coach, play caller, and when you put a training wheels quarterback in the backfield, all of that has to go into consideration on how you're going to move the chains. Drafting, approach, structuring of plays, all of that. Balance, pass, run ratio, all of this has to go into consideration for that. So, yes, um, we're, we're, we're going to talk more about that Henry Ruggs story. Um, you know, I, I waited a couple days because I wanted to get more information on it. And, God, you know what's even crazier? The more the story that you read and as the days go on, you're now seeing how truly, you know, crazy this whole thing is. Gassell says, that's a death wish to get drunk and drive 156 miles an hour. Not really. Is it reckless? Absolutely. You know what, guys? I'm going to tell you a little bit about my rookie year. Okay? I'm not giving anybody a pass. But when I see a story like Henry Ruggs, it reminds me of somebody. You keep it here on the National Football Today, you keep it here. We'll get back to it. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. 
when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back, National Football Show. You know what's funny about how the media acts today towards people? Um, we had a rule in the Jimmy Johnson locker rooms. You know what they were? Don't tell the media shit. You know, it's so funny that I've been in this thing. Because when I was this guy, and the mic was away from me. See, I've had the fortune of doing this. It's probably why people hate me. You know what it is? I've been on both sides of the mic. You know, I've been interviewed and I've covered people. See, that's what people in my business don't like. And I can't believe and my aunt and people in my family and everyone will tell you, I was not very kind to the media. They would ask me stupid questions and I would treat them like shit. That's right, Wick, feed them shit. And I did. You know, one day I walked into a press conference with a Hells Angels jacket on. I thought it was funny. I found it just like at a Army-Navy store. I walked in. I wore it. Everyone said Cilio was in the um, Hells Angels. I, I can't even ride a motorcycle, but it's on the Internet that I was in the Hells Angels. And I'm like, I can't ride a motorcycle. Does that matter? I mean, it looked kind of weird, wouldn't it, with Cilio with a Hells Angels jacket on on a Schwinn bike. Here comes Cilio on his Schwinn. Wow, he's a hell's angel. <laughs> I can't drive a motorcycle. I've never been on, well, I have been on one, but I've never been able, I don't know how to drive one, but I'm a hell's angel according to the internet. So it, it, it just, it, it, <laughs> it hit Jermaine, right? I'm like, I can't ride a bike. Cilio says that you were, you were a hell's angels. Hey, wait a minute, Carl, I look like, okay, well, that's, that's fair. I look more like a beer drinker <laughs> than I do anything else. But Jimmy used to do this, man. Don't, don't tell them shit. And so when Aaron Rodgers 
lies to the media and it's like he broke some sort of like really weirdo like code you know what Emmanuel Acho said today that Aaron Rodgers is the most dangerous person on the planet I was like guy quarterbacks the Green Bay Packers no, the most dangerous guy on the planet could be in North Korea. Okay? I mean, really? Or the guy in Russia? I mean, not the quarterback of the Packers. Most dangerous guy on the planet. Man, I was like, wow. See how people twist things? So you always got to. You always got to take things with like a grain of salt, especially when the media here, Hey, watch this. Well, he lied to the media. <laughs> so what? Media lies every day. What's up, Carlos? Hey, hey, right, right. Isn't that right? Matt Hatter. Okay. Or the guy in the white house. Okay. There, okay. Let me, let me go over here. All right. I waited a couple days for this Henry rug story. Wide receiver. DUI who killed two people, a dog. Ugh. He's been released by the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, God. You know, it just reminds me, and somebody said this, did he have a death wish going 156 miles an hour and drunk? Let me tell you about success, and let me tell you about getting a bunch of money and having success in your hands and what it feels like. You know what they prepare you for? When they prepare you for this when you're at a big-time football program, like I was at Miami with Jimmy Johnson and Henry Ruggs at Alabama. I think we're pretty comparable. Both dynasties are pretty comparable. And the kind of players that we produced, the kind of people we produced, um, the kind of football teams we produced, pretty comparable. Um, they prepare you to get to the NFL. Do you know what my first thing I said was? Okay, do you know, you know, you know what my first thing I said when I got to the NFL? I had a helmet in my hand, and I'll never forget. I looked up, and you know what, guys, I said, I went just like this. What do I do next? What what do I do next? I had worked my whole life. To get to that seat, sitting in front of an NFL locker room, being drafted high, getting what is today the equivalent of a million and a half signing bonus money. It was a 56-player taken. I have that money sitting in my hands. I'm looking up and I go, what's next? Look, I'm not giving you a sorry story here or a woe is me story. Robert says, do you have the Corvette? No, but I posted a picture on Jermaine's uh, Twitter feed uh, off mine at Dan Cilio show. I put the Corvette picture of me standing there at Miami. That was my first car, by the way. And so I get to the NFL. Man, I was a fish out of water. You want to hear something crazy? It got so bad during the season for me in my depression that I said this, and my aunt knows this. I hope this ends, man. I don't want to be in the NFL anymore. Folks, I'm not a 10-year veteran in the NFL because of ability. 
I quit on myself. And so when I see stories like this or guys like Lane Johnson, there's got to be a point in your own self that you have to be able to self-correct that because other people are relying on you. What I'm saying is you have to grow up and know the room. I didn't. I didn't know how to be a professional. You know what's really great about Sean McVay and what he does with his Los Angeles Rams? Have you guys heard any of the Ram guys out in Los Angeles creating a havoc or getting in the newspapers for being around movie stars or getting in trouble late at night? Have you, have you heard any of that stuff? In a city like Los Angeles, I've never heard Aaron Donald out. I've never heard Jalen Ramsey out. I don't hear Matthew Stafford out kicking the can down the road on Sunset Strip. I don't hear any of that. Because you know what he does? He makes sure he tells people flat out every single day, you got a lot to lose, dude. Look at Henry Ruggs. He's in Vegas. He couldn't handle it. And this is a kid that came from Alabama. But that's okay. I understand it. I couldn't handle it. Money to burn. Chicks everywhere. Uh, watch this. People are out there going, fuck you, Cilio. Fuck you. I get up off my ass every day. I make 20 times less. I get it. That's why I'm not throwing a woe is me story at you. I get that. You're right. Because you know what my grandfather would tell me? Suck it up, kid. Suck it up. That's why you have to have good people around you all the time. Look at Ray Lewis, how he turned his life around. Ray Lewis got into a situation where whether you believe he stabbed a guy and killed a guy or not, what did he immediately do after that Atlanta case? He cut his ties with all his homies, and he never hung out with those guys ever again. He knew he had to make radical changes in his life if he was going to maintain a life. And he was going to have to understand being successful meant this. You're never off the clock when you're a professional athlete. You can't be driving around in Las Vegas 156 miles an hour, hammered, a member of the Las Vegas Raiders. By the way, you can't do that in normal life, let alone the fact that you're going to have a microscope on you because you're a professional athlete. And you should know better because you were at Alabama. But sometimes immaturity and money and fame, it turns you into this, this egotistical maniac that can't hear anything. It's like you can't hear anymore. It's not that you can't see. Okay? It's not that you can't see. You just can't hear anymore. People trying to tell you what's best for life and trying to tell you all this stuff and, you know, you don't hear it. So where I'm coming with Henry Ruggs, he needs a lot of hugs right now, man. He needs a lot of hugs. The family affected. Two deaths. A loved animal. All of that. They need love. We don't need to be sitting here thinking about, do you think this guy meant to go out? Of course he didn't. Good people make mistakes. I say it to you all the time. And I love what Derek Carr's doing. He needs my help right now. That doesn't mean, it's funny. You know what? It's almost like if you do that and you support that guy, it's like you are okay with what he did. Nobody ever said Derek Carr said that. 
Nobody ever said that. Hey, and Jermaine, the kind of love that Henry Ruggs needs right now is understanding love, dude. And you know what that understanding love is? Hoss, you're going to have to pay for this, just like Dante Stallworth did back in the day. You may have to do some time in jail. There's going to be a financial restitution on this. And you're going to have a life of making restitution to that family and to yourself. And then you're going to do the ultimate worst thing that I do every week. You're going to fucking look in the mirror and go like this. Shit. 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 Look what I've done, man. Look what I did to myself. I wrecked the family. I wrecked my family. And I wrecked my opportunity. All in one fucked up moment. All the things. Great peace that was done on him when he was at Alabama and where he came from. And how hard he worked and what a good dude. Saban loves the guy. Bye. Trust me. It's painful. Not a day goes by, man. Hey, by the way, that's the kind of thing you off yourself over. That's the kind of thing because you've let so many people down. That's why if I were media people, I'd be very careful about how I handle Henry Ruggs right now. Because his death could be on your hands. Xander's been talking to me about this for the last, okay? He's been talking to me the last couple of days, and I've refused to hit on it because I wanted to read more. I wanted to know a little more about the guy. It's a good dude, man. Horrific scenario. Horrific situation. It's not about football no more. It's about life now. People killed. Loved one in the car, also an animal. And think about his family now. You know, and all the things that they've lost. Most importantly, they've lost a loved one that's going to go to jail. Restitution has to be made for mistakes like this. I mean, there's not much to say else. And, and, and by the way, do I feel sorry for him that he lost his career? No. You know when I'll feel sorry for Henry Ruggs? 15 years from now. 15 years from now, I'll feel sorry for him because he'll have regrets. Today he has a regret for what he did driving 56, 156 miles an hour and being drunk. What he'll then have it in 15 years from now, he'll have all of it. It could be too much for him to, to handle. You know, there was a story done on me in the um, Tampa Tribune, and I always thought it was one of the most disrespectful things ever to happen to me. Robert, you're helping my life. My wife lost her leg. Robert, 
let me just put it to you this way about my wife. I've never met a person I've hated more in my life or I've loved more in my life. But if my wife was held together with her brain in a formaldehyde jar, I'm going to keep her ass alive because she's my partner. She's been my partner for 33 years. I would keep her ass alive in a formaldehyde jar. Okay. She ain't going anywhere. Hey, you pulled the, I ain't pulling nothing on that. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I, I, there, there, there's not a week that goes by that I don't think about all the things. There was a story done by the Tampa Tribune on me, and I've posted a few pictures of it. Cilio skips practice because of depression. And Xander and I were talking about Lane. One of my biggest regrets I ever did was do that, was leave practice. And I don't want to throw any shade at Lane. Okay? You know, I, my, my issues are completely different. Okay, completely different than Lane. I'm just talking about my thing. I skipped the fucking practice. A guy who never missed practices because I was depressed. Another day I wish I had back. Cost me being on the Bucks. NFL held that against me. Guys, I wasn't kicked out of the league because of poor talent. I had 30 tackles my my rookie year. I made... Second team, all rookie team in the NFL rookie team. I wasn't, it wasn't anything to do with that. I was a head case. I didn't know how to be a pro. I wasn't mature. Okay. Dre, that's awesome to hear. So is my wife. Jermaine, she does. She calls me an asshole all the time. And sometimes it's soup for dinner. But hey, <laughs> right? Hey, it's all right, right? So let me end the story here because I don't want to, I don't want any more tear jerking here. Um, yeah, very, very disappointing. And so God bless to everybody in that whole situation there. A little more in tonight's game and how it impacts so many football teams. This is a big game for Carson Wentz, dude. He's got to win this game. All right, you keep it here on the National Football Show. <laughs> At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. 
and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at mesalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride on five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back, National Football Show. Your boy Dan Silio. Make <laughs> sure I'm here, all right. Hey, that's a good spin. You're telling me, a dude named Bone Crusher with a true candy apple red Corvette is a little bit out there. How you doing? Oh, and by the way, for the record, I, I, I saw you uh, are called by your wife asshole. I'm called Dumbo. By my wife, just so we're keeping score here. Yeah, my it's over there, Dumbo. <laughs> oh man. Hey, when you're married a long time, you just go like this. I surrender. It's what it is. So somebody asked me the other day, Silio, why do you wear your shirt inside out? Why do you think? I I, I get more of a wear out of no, I'm kidding. I, it, it, hey, it's because I'm a little out there, right? East side, hey, east side monster. So wait a minute. Think about what I've done for 30 years. Eastside Monster, figure this out. Think what I've done for the last 30 years. Cilio sits in a room. No one's in the room with him. He's talking to himself, maybe. I don't know how many people talk to him. You know, they say I've always had great ratings, except for one place. And it, it, But I really don't know. So, like, you know what? And the only thing, and I've been in a padded room, the only thing I don't have in the room that I've had in my broadcasting career is a straitjacket. Think of that for a minute. The only thing from, like, a psycho ward is that I don't wear a straitjacket. I'm in a padded room. Yeah. I'm talking to myself. Yeah. How many years have you done it? Oh, around 30. Okay. Who are you talking to? I don't know. <laughs> right? What, what kind of job is that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, in the East Side Monster, do you know who my uh, my therapist is? It's my wife. You know what she tells me? Straighten up. Get your shit together. Yes, ma'am. 
it, 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 it's not. See, my grandpa used to do this to me too. I'll get back here. We'll talk a little bit about tonight's game. My grandfather did this after guys, you're going to love this one. So after I get thrown out of Maryland, Hey, wait a minute. So Jeff, wait a minute. Get it, get it, get it here. Ready? After I get thrown out of Maryland, see my grandpa is a fisherman, fireman, and worked at a construction company, not a construction company, a cement company. Guy drove a cement truck and he was a fireman for 30 years and he was a fisherman. So you can imagine, okay, this Italian guy, old school Italian. When I grew up, my house was 50% Italian talking and English, the other 50%. That's a fact. It got higher once my folks got older. But I was raised by my grandparents. And my grandparents spoke half the time Italian. When I was younger, a little bit more. So I get thrown out of Maryland. Okay? Okay? Follow me here. Concrete Charlie. Thank hey, Racist. <laughs> racist. Wait, because I'm Italian? Thank you. I'm kidding. So here, follow me here. So I get thrown out. I go on the back porch in my house. My aunt and my grandmother are crying to Bobby Ross. Don't throw him out. Oh, my God. He's going to lose his scholarship. da 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 I go out on my patio and I start doing this. Look. Looking up at the sky. Thinking, woe is me. Oh, poor Dan. Wow. Here comes my grandfather, man. My grandfather sticks his head out the door. Hey, hey. What? Watch this, man. He, he sticks his head out the door. My grandfather goes like this. What are you looking for? I don't, you know, I don't know. I thought my pop was going to give me like some, you know, encouragement. And he goes, what are you looking, what are you looking for? Oh, you think that guy's helping you? You think that guy's helping you? Well, yeah. Dad, I, Gramps, I think he's, he ain't going to help you. And let me tell you something else. You don't go to a college. Get this. You're going to the. You're going either in the army or you're going to be on the lobster boat with my ass every day. And boy, I'll tell you, man, that lobster boat was not for the week. <laughs> man, I, hey, every time a lobster pot got caught in Long Island Sound on the rocks, guess who dove down 25 feet? You got it. Yours truly, Jacques Cousteau. I'm down here, kid. Get that goddamn thing off the ropes. Yeah, okay, Gramp. Cutting the heads of fishes off. I'm like, oh, my God, 300 pots every two days. We'd come in, man, and my face and my back with my grandfather would be as red as an apple. We're like, oh, my God, this is the hardest work I ever did. The only work harder was when I was on an oyster boat. My grandfather got a job. I couldn't raise my arms. Oh, hey, Wick, that's glory days? I don't know, man. I wasn't very in a good place then. It goes like this. Where? You think that guy's helping you? <laughs> Bubba Shrimp, that was a hey, hey, dude. My job that I had on that oyster boat, dude, you know, you know how you go out in Chesapeake Bay and you go out and catch blue shell sometimes, right? Hey, dude, okay. But know this, man, when you're doing you got when you're doing the oysters, you got to move the bags and you got to clean the crap out. Dude, by the end of the day, I couldn't move my arms. I said I quit. I made 600 bucks that I, I quit. I can't do it. 
I can't raise my arms. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, Wick. Yeah, dude, get your ass going here. You better find yourself a spot. Oh. Yeah, sir. You think that guy's helping you? What are you looking for? <laughs> he ain't helping you. You got to help yourself, kid. Oh, hey, Jeff. Jeff says, I'm jealous. Must have been some great pasta meals. Oh, my God. My wife makes the greatest meatballs on the planet. But, Jeff, my grandmother is the greatest cook in the history of Italian women that were placed in this country. Stuffed artichokes, the lobsters, the – oh, my God, I was raised on lobsters and scongeals. I mean, that's all we ate. I never went to McDonald's until my senior year of high school. I never went to a restaurant because I ate at a restaurant every night. It was insanity. My aunt's making Italian cookies right now in Connecticut, you know, where the aristocratic Italians live now, especially in New Canaan, right, where a tree hut goes for a hundred grand. <laughs> hey, right? Man, Gramps was unbelievable, man. Hey, 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 Chalk, you know what I used to do in Philly, though? When I was younger, we used to come down to Wildwood and there used to be this place in Wildwood, man. It was nickel beer night. And during the summertime, we would go to Wildwood, and it was nickel beer night. Man, I used to get so fucked up. And I used to listen to Angelo and Tony Bruno on WIP. Who was the other guy? Morgatti? Morgatti, it was Bruno, it was Angelo, and there was some other chick that was on that thing. And it was so good a radio. You know, in New York at FAN, they had they had Imus back in the day when I was growing up in the mornings, and it wasn't really good. But Angelo and them dudes, Angelo and Bruno, it was funny, man. That was really great radio. And we would drive down to Wildwood during the summertime. We go to Nickel Beer Night, man. Holy cow. What a great time. Jermaine says, man, I haven't went to Wildwood since seeing. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. When I was like, this was back in the 80s, man. Like early 80s, I used to go to Nickel Beer Night. Oh, again, I was raised by my grandparents and my aunt. Oh, yeah. Holy cow, Mad Hatter. That's some good food. Half Polish, Italian? Holy Christ, that's great grub. <laughs> Switzerland is having. Dude, those blue shells down there too, man. Totally dope. All right. I started to show up by saying that this game tonight is so essential to so many factors and so many teams. This has got to be – if I'm Carson Wentz, hey, chalk it up, sports really. Ask anybody about nickel beer night in Wildwood. Robert, my body must look great. Yeah, back in 19 – let me see. Let's see. See, the, the guy that my wife is married to now, I, I, what I usually do, I put a picture on my forehead and just so she can remember the guy that I ate. <laughs> I ate that guy. <laughs> I did. Hey, but for Wentz, after the worst, uh, not worst, but one of the worst chapters in his career has to be one of the worst eight minutes in his entire playing career. Um, He's got to win this game tonight. He's got to win this game against his Jets team. Mike White can't beat him again. Okay. He can't win another game. Can he throw for 400 yards? Because I'll tell you this. If Mike Wade throws for 400 yards, you know that kid they got from BYU? I'd be doing this. Who we draft again? What's that guy's name? 
Oh, yeah, right. The Mormon kid, right? Kid from BYU, Steve Young. No, no, no. Zach Wilson. I'd be like this. Who? <laughs> I'd be like, uh, he puts another 400 game up on his resume, man. Mike White's going to start doing, if I'm not mistaken, didn't White, Mike White help me out here? The Jets quarterback, didn't he play at USF? I think he played at South Florida. I have no idea where he's from. I think he's I think I, I think he's a South Florida kid. No, no, hey, chalk it up, Sports Philly. Yeah, absolutely, man. His 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 job is not in any jeopardy. But I'll tell you, man, you start putting 400 game, 400 yard games up and you start putting wins up. Robert Saley's got to win games too, you know. Ain't just about the quarterback. It's about winning ball games. Oh, okay, Jermaine. So he was a transfer. I didn't know that. Okay. He's got to win, man. Carson Wentz. You you know why he's got to win too? He's got to win because the people in that locker room are doing this also. Man, they 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 put a lot in this guy. Look at what Chris Ballard, the general manager. Okay, look what the GM of the Colts has to think about. Watch this. Tonight. He has to think about this tonight. You ready for this? What up, Trev? Okay, if Wentz wins, we go forward. They're four and five, right? Hey, Trev, do me a favor. Who who do the um who do the Colts play after this? They beat the Jets tonight. They're four and five. Chris Ballard, the GM, does this. Okay? All right. Wentz stays in. Okay, that you're at nine games. And now you're back in the playoff picture. Because the AFC isn't that strong. The Titans, as I said a couple minutes ago, are going to walk backwards because of the loss of Derrick Henry. So this game tonight, Starts their playoffs. Trevor says they're playing the Jaguars next. So get this. The Colts season and the Eagles potential pick for it being a number one and a number one draft choice is in these next two weeks. Because watch this. You're going to get to, and look what they have coming up. They have Bills and Bucks. Coming up after these two games, Jets and Jags, they could get to five and five on the season. Then they got eights, they got the Texans in Houston, then the bye. They could theoretically, follow me here, they could theoretically be six and seven getting into that bye and still in the playoff hunt. That means you're right at the 75% playing percentage mark. They've got to be in the middle of the room. Then they've got the Pats. That's a winnable ball game. They're going to fight. If they keep this thing going, these next two weeks are truly going to dictate if this Eagles pick is going to be a first-round draft choice. Okay? Then look at that. They, got, they finish up in their final week with the Jaguars. So think about this for a second. 
They may be at the end of the year. They may be a 9-8 and eight football team or an 8-9 and nine team. You get your draft choice as a number one pick. Jeff says, I can't see Wentz making it through the rest of the season healthy. Great call. Absolutely. Absolutely will be a part of this conversation. So tonight, you want them to win because it keeps hope alive with the Colts. You keep that variable going. Okay, man, as of right now, we're on track for it to be a number one pick. They lose tonight, the odds of that being a number one pick come down a little bit, in my opinion. All right, hey, guys, do me a favor. Please hit the like button. You guys have been sensational once again today. Thank you so much. If you missed any of the show, I think Howard and I were great today. We went back and forth with one another. That was in hour number one. Please hit it again if you missed any of it. Like it and watch it a little bit later on. Till tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern. See you on the flip side.